Welcome to Hope Sabbath School, an in-depth, interactive study of the Word of God. I'm excited today. We're continuing a great series of studies, three cosmic messages focusing on Revelation chapter 14. You'll be blessed with good news about the judgment today. So welcome to Hope Sabbath School and welcome to the team. Good to be together again. We're excited in this series of studies. And do you know 12 of us will be teaching this series I get the privilege of teaching open and closed, but Jason, you're teaching today good news about the judgment, and we're looking forward to a great series. We're always happy to have remote team members with us, too. Let's see who we've got joining us today. Travis, want to welcome you today, and Haiti, joining us from Virginia. Good to see you, or maybe a little south of Virginia, right? And uh, Puya, joining us from Hawaii. Good to see you. We're glad that you're also with us for our study today. We're also happy to hear from you, our Hope Sabbath School members. I don't know if you've ever thought about writing. Sometimes we'll get a, an email saying, I thought about writing, but finally I got courage to write. Well, find courage today. We'd love to hear from you. Write to us at sshope at hopetv.org. Tell us how you're being blessed by a study of the Word of God. Maybe you're even teaching an in-depth interactive Bible study in your area. Write to us at sshopehopetv.org. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you. We've got a note here, and I'm looking, and I don't see a name, but it's a Hope Sabbath School member from the Philippines who writes and says, When I was in high school, studying the Bible was, to be honest, boring. Hmm. I wasn't able to appreciate the beauty of Sabbath school until my college teacher introduced me to Hope Sabbath School. I'm only 25, but your in-depth interaction has helped me mature spiritually. Amen. Now I can share the knowledge I've gained with my parents, my friends, and my co-workers. Amen. I praise God because He's used the Hope Sabbath School team to help my study of the Word, to allow me to share what I've learned from you now as a teacher to high school students, Amen. specifically to my group. May God continue to bless you. May this program reach more souls in preparation for the return of Jesus. Well, thanks for writing to us from the Philippines. I apologize I didn't get your name on the email, but you know who you are. We're glad you wrote. Shornetta writes from Jamaica. Well, we have some Jamaican representation right there, Rodney. Gave a wave to Shornetta. Hope Sabbath School is inspirational, spirit-filled, and keeps me focused anytime I study the Word of God. Amen. That's a short note, but a powerful one, isn't it? Amen. Here's a donor note from a, a donor in Florida, here in the United States. Thank you for your support. The donor writes and says, Hello, Hope Sabbath School. Hello. Now, you know we don't mention names, but we want to say thank you to all of our donors. In fact, you can help support this donor-supported ministry by going to our website, click on the Donate button, and we'll smile because we're all part of a great miracle of God. This handwritten note says, I just want to let you know that I love Hope Sabbath School and I pray that God will bless you all. Amen. I'm 91 years old. Wow. Amen. And I live by myself. I don't get to church anymore. But hope 
channel brings church to me. Amen. Amen. I praise God for Hope Channel. I'm sending a gift to help spread the message to the end of the world to let others know that Jesus is coming soon. Amen. May God bless you all and keep up the good work. And a donation from this 91-year-old Hope Sabbath School team participant of $500. Amen. Praise God. Thank you so much. You know who you are. And thanks to each one of you for being part of this great miracle. We will see a vast multitude gathered before the throne of God. Thank you for being part of that miracle. One last note from Birgitta in Norway. Amen. This, this kind of caught my attention. Hope Sabbath School is important for me as I live in the far north of Norway in a tiny village and seldom have anyone to worship with. Mm. God bless the work you are doing. And we say, Amen. Amen. Yes, Birgitta, thank you for writing to us from the far north of Norway. And we're glad that Hope Sabbath School is a lifeline. Well, we've got a special gift for you. You say, Derek, I've already gone to the website, clicked on the free gift button. But I am so grateful to Pastor Mark Finley and Heart Books for making available a valuable resource to all of our Hope Sabbath School members absolutely free. It's Pastor Mark Finley's book, Three Cosmic Messages. And in collaboration with Heart Books, they are providing a free digital copy of that book to you. All you have to do is go to our website, hopetv.org slash hopess. The free gift button's right in the middle of the screen. Click on that, fill in your contact information, and we will send you a free digital copy of a wonderful resource. Some of our team members have already started reading it. You say, I have too. Well, take advantage of that resource, and I know that you'll be blessed. But right now, we need your help to sing. I guess it's about a 2,000-year-old scripture song. It's one of my favorites from Revelation 15, verses 3 and 4. It's the song of Moses and the Lamb that the multitude will sing who passed through that great time of trial and are now gathered in the kingdom of heaven. Great and marvelous are your works, Lord God Almighty. Let's sing it together. Great and marvelous are your works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the saints. Who shall not fear you, O shall not fear you, O Lord, for you alone are holy. Great and marvelous are your works, Lord God Almighty, just and true. 
God's people said, Amen. and all across the world, Hope Sabbath School members are saying, Amen. I plan by the grace of God to sing that song. Amen. Yes. And today, as Jason leads us, good news about the judgment, we'll discover that we can choose to be part of that redeemed throng. Thank Amen. you, Jason. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Derek. Let's bow our heads as we pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, as we enter into your word, Open our hearts, open our minds, and Lord, may we one day be able to sing that song with the redeemed all together with you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Well, in order to sing that song, the three cosmic messages tells us that there's actually a judgment that's taking place. Now, the funny thing is, today's title, The Good News of the Judgment, sounds a little interesting because I just got to ask, when you, someone here on the team, when you hear the word judgment, what comes to mind? What feelings, what thoughts do you associate with? Gladys, what do you think of when you hear of a judgment? I think of a judge, a trial, and somebody's guilty. Ooh, somebody's <laughs> guilty. Oh, that's not a good sign. All right, Rodney. One word, fear. Fear, okay. So trial, judge, fear. Someone else, Stephanie. Uh, decision that's been made. Um, it's good for one person and not so good for the other. Mm. All right, a decision that's been made. All right, so as we can hear here, we've got some understanding of a judgment. There's some fear there, but there's also a decision has been made. Lalika. Well, um, because we all know that we are guilty of something, so the judgment is always a, you know, a scary uh, word to hear because, yeah, we know, as, I mean, that you are guilty of something. All right, Nancy, and then we're going to look and see the judgment in the three cosmic messages. When I think of a judge, I just hope that I have a good lawyer. Mm. <laughs> you hope you have a yes. good lawyer. Yes, I appreciate that one. All right, so let's actually look and let's see because a judgment is found in the three cosmic messages. And Stephanie, I'm going to ask if you could take us there. We're going to read in the three cosmic messages in Revelation, because that's where it's found. 
Revelation chapter 14, if you could read verses 6 and 7 for us, and let's see here where we find this judgment in the three cosmic messages. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made heaven and earth, the seas and the springs of water. All right, this is interesting. So we're reading here the three cosmic messages, and apparently God has a judgment here, the hour of his, what was that word we heard? Judgment. judgment. The hour of his judgment has come. So there's a judgment. God has a judgment in the three cosmic messages. Now I have to ask because when we've heard the three cosmic messages, we heard about the everlasting gospel and the good news and love and hope. And yet we said that sometimes when we hear the word judgment, Rodney even said the word fear comes to mind. So why does God have a judgment? And also this is with a loud voice. Why is there an urgent message of judgment in the three cosmic messages? Someone here on the team, Help me out. What is going on, Rodney? You know, Lalika just said that um, there is there is uh, trepidation and, and potential guilt um, as a result of walking in a judgment scene. Now, it so happens that with this hour of judgment, right. it so happens that intertwined with that is the everlasting gospel. Yes. <laughs> so, for us to ascertain the not guilty verdict. We need this everlasting gospel to endure the, the judgment. Mm. John, you wanted to add to that? Yes, you know, if you look at the immediate context, uh, it's referring to the second coming of Christ mm. in that very wow. same chapter. And so the time period just before the second coming of Christ is when the hour of judgment is taking place. Mm. And so God wants to set things straight as he is moving forward to his uh, second coming. So God wants to set things straight. All right, Billy, uh, and then we're actually going to go to one of our remote friends. So, Billy, yes. Yeah, I think also on the other side, a lot of people have been seeking justice, and mm. judgment is that opportunity. Mm. Yes. And God is providing, saying, basically, I'm coming with justice. Mm -hmm. So that urgency um, mm -hmm. is, is in that verse. So we live in a world with a lot of injustice, a lot of unfairness, and God says, enough. We're going to have some justice here. Yeah. All right, Travis, I see you want, You had some thoughts here about this idea of judgment and the three cosmic messages. Yes, Jason. So there are two judgments um, actually recorded in the Bible. And here is the judgment of the just. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 17, it says that judgment begins in the house of the Lord. And so this invitation of mercy is an invitation, the th uh, what we just read in, in Revelation 4, 6-7, in the gospel message is an invitation to become part of the house of the Lord so that God can judge in favor of the saints. Mm. Amen. Yes, I think Derek. that's a really important point, Jason. This, is a, this urgent appeal is an appeal of love. Mm. It, yes. if, if God didn't care about anybody being saved, he doesn't even need to tell anyone yeah. that a judgment's at hand. Mm -hmm. But yeah. he wants people to make a decision that moment of destiny we studied about in, in a previous uh, study, that to make a choice to accept his salvation while there's still time. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. And speaking of that choice, there are ways that we can prepare for that choice. And I want us to now go and look at some ways with the example we have from the Old Testament. 
there was someone who we could say was definitely under judgment. And I'm actually going to ask uh, Rodney if you could read for us. We're going to go to the book that has all the Psalms in it. And I would like you to read in Psalm 51 if you could read verses 1 through 4 because there was someone that was under judgment. And let's see. Uh, what he had to say, and if this gives us any lessons about how we can prepare personally in our own lives as we head towards this judgment scene. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your long loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies, blood out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned, and done this evil in your sight, that you may be found just when you speak, and blameless when you judge. Mm -hmm. Interesting, blameless when you judge. Now I gotta ask, who is writing this? Someone on the team. Uh, John. It was David. King David. David. All right. And uh, we don't have time to go into the story, but can someone give me a one or two sentence summary, Gladys? Why is David writing this? Has there been some things that have just recently happened a bit problematic? Yes. He, <laughs> he committed sin with uh, Bathsheba and Nathan the prophet called him on to it. So he, this is his response to Nathan's accusation that God knew what he had done. And it's worse than just committing adultery. He kills her husband. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, to me, maybe someone's watching and saying, but you don't know Jason or Derek or team. I've done things that are too bad to confess. Mm. We've got a story here of someone who done some really bad things. And yet uh, he cries out later in that same song, create him a clean heart of God. Amen. And we don't have time to read it, but I would encourage you, just in case you're unsure of what Derek said, go to 2 Samuel chapter 11 and 12. Read the story for yourself, and then you'll see, yes, God can forgive anything. And then read how David responds under conviction of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So what are some lessons we see here? So David, if there's someone deserving of judgment, is there someone even, let's say, deserving of condemnation? It's David. In fact, he's condemned himself in the story, if you read it. Yet, how does he respond? And what are some lessons we see here in Psalm 51? John, what do we see here? You know, we find here that David is claiming the character of God. He's yes. claiming God's <laughs> grace, his compassion, his long-suffering. And uh, he's saying, it is only because of your grace, mercy, and long-suffering yes. that I can be made right and be blameless before you. Mm -hmm. Yes. Billy. Yeah, I think the first step is that instead of running away from God, you turn towards God. <laughs> And mm -hmm. I think in some part of um, later on that he would say that it's better to come to God because God ha would have more mercy on him than people. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a lesson which we, we, we can learn. Nancy. Wow. But it's also important to see his contrition. Mm -hmm. He is completely broken and repentant. Mm -hmm. And even as parents, we can see if our kid does something wrong and they're sorry, of course we're going to forgive mm -hmm. them. That's what we want. We yeah. want them to recognize what they've done wrong and then we forgive. And God is much more gracious than we are. <laughs> That's right. There's an acknowledgement there. Right. And uh, yes, Stephanie. So, and along with what um, she's saying there, he knew the character of God, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that he could come before him mm -hmm. and confess and mm -hmm. ask for that forgiveness. Mm -hmm. So there's something to say about that as well. Yeah. So we His can acknowledge 
before God even the worst things we've done. Now, maybe we haven't actually, you know, committed externally, you know, murder or adultery, the things David did. But Jesus did say in Matthew 5, if you have anger with your brother without a cause, if you have hate, and all of us probably internally have done some of those same things that David has. So internally, you could say, we've sinned, we've made mistakes. And yet, we, if we know the character of our loving father like David did, we can go before him and say, Lord, I messed up. I made mistakes. I acknowledge it. But I know that you are a loving, merciful yeah. God. And I know that I don't need to worry about judgment because of what you have done. And so I do have to ask then, so how is this judgment good news then for us because we've accepted Jesus? How Yes, Gladys. It's just like John said earlier that he claimed the justice, the righteousness of Christ. So if we as sinners claim the righteousness of Christ, then we don't have to fear the judgment. Mm. Thank you, Gladys. Travis, yes, you have a thought here. You know, in Revelation chapter 12, verse 10, it says that Satan accuses us before God day and night. Mm. And the reason there has to be a judgment is because there's been an accusation. We mm. want the judgment because if without the judgment, we stand accused. And so God is clearing the name of all the saints who come to him with, re with repentance. He's clearing our name and the accusations made against Amen. us. Puya, you wanted to add to what Travis just said, talking about this idea of the judgment as good news. Yes, I, and I, I want to read a, a verse uh, from John, actually, if I could. John chapter 5, verse 24 is what I uh, want to read quickly. And this talks about the good news of judgment for believers in Jesus. Um, John chapter 5, verse 24. Uh, and I will be reading from the New King James Version. And Jesus said, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. You know, that's, that's a beautiful promise from Jesus that, yes, there will be judgment, but for those that believe in Jesus, has already received everlasting life, meaning even when we stand before the judgment of God, we will have a representative and we will not be the one who will be uh, condemned if we believe in Jesus because of the forgiveness of our sins offered through Jesus. And this verse brings so much assurance for me when Jesus said, if you believe in me, you will not come into judgment. Mm. Thank you. Lalika, and then we're gonna go to Haiti. I liked what Travis said about um, there is an accusation first, because of that there is a judgment. And I will go a little bit farther to say that there was a, a, an action, a wrong action before the accusation. Satan is the one that mm. tempted us to sin. After we sin, he's the first one accusing us. Mm. Saying, you are guilty and you deserve to die. Yeah. Mm. And God, uh, you know, relating it with the, the first question, were it not for the gospel, we would mm. all be condemned mm. in the judgment. Mm. That's right. Yeah. So we see that David sinned against God and his God running after him to tell him, hey, you can come to me. Mm -hmm. Later on, Paul says that um, when God convicted us, convinced us of our sin, is not to, uh, for us to go and kill ourselves. 
Mm. but it's for him to restore us, yes. to save us. Every single time that he's convincing me of my bad actions, he is telling me, hey, I have a power to cleanse you and to make you walk in the newness of life. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Yes. Praise God. Haiti, you wanted to add to this conversation here. Yes, I've, I've been so blessed by all of the comments, but I, I wanted to add that judgment is not intended for us. Mm -hmm. Judgment is intended for Satan and for sin. We are judged because we're sinners, but praise God, he fights for us like he did with David and he can save us. But judgment is good for us because I know, I, and, and this is uh, personal because I was just at a funeral this weekend and um, it was hard when I was studying to kind of focus on this and try to see the positive part of judgment. And um, when I was studying, I felt God impressed me. And he said, no, judgment is about this too, because death will be wiped away too. Amen. Amen. And all evil, all the pain and suffering in the world will be wiped away with the judgment act. So this is a good thing for all of us Amen. because we don't want to live in a world where we see these things anymore. Amen. Amen. Yes, thank you, Heidi. Mm. John, and then we're going to move on quickly here. Mm -hmm. You know, judgment is good news because Satan has accused both sinners and God. Mm -hmm. But the judgment shows God's love in saving sinners at any cost. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, we're going to go and we're going to look at a judgment scene. We've talked about how the judgment is good news, but let's get a visual because sometimes people, even uh, fellow Christians, have misunderstood some of these images. And I'm going to ask... Haiti, if you can actually take us there and read Revelation chapter 20, verse 12, because uh, we're going to get a visual here of what this judgment scene looks like, because there's been some misunderstanding. So let's see what the Bible has to say, and then let's understand from the Bible what we're seeing here in Revelation. All right, I'll be reading from the New King James Version, and it says, and I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. Mm. All right. So I do have to ask someone on the team, when you read that, what are your thoughts? What are your feelings as you see that description? Stephanie. You saw that. What, what are you thinking as you see that? I'm thankful for Jesus. All right. <laughs> That's what, what I'm thinking. And I know that I'm not in it alone. I don't have to face it alone. All right. Rodney. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. Mm -hmm. And we have sinned. Mm -hmm. So we have spoken about the accusation. It's not false accusation at all. Because if you look at what Satan has said about us, it is true. We are guilty. But... For the grace of God that's right. and that's the good news of what is shared here so when those books are opened if we have that saving relationship with God we should feel relieved mm. yes. because we know we're guilty but only because of him why the judgment is great news we can get the verdict not guilty Amen. Gladys you know it's like when you know you have done something wrong and he says that the books are open 
<laughs> right now, it's, for me, it's just like a movie, you know, passing <laughs> just through the last, last week, I would say, of all the things that I have done wrong. But like Rodney said, when you think of, of the sacrifice that Jesus did for us, it's like everything is being erased because the judge, God, sees Jesus instead of us, his righteousness instead of our sins. So it is good news. Nancy. I think of Jesus standing next to me holding my hand <laughs> and I don't worry about what's written in the books because as everyone has said already, it's been wiped out. Jesus stands in my place. The other thing that's good about the judgment is that in the case of the heavenly courts, the judge is also on my side. God is just, he, he's given everything that heaven has to save us. That's and right. actually in that same chapter in John 5, it says that the Father has committed all judgment to the, the Son. Yes. So Jesus is not only our good lawyer that you said we need, He's not only our advocate, He's also our judge yes. and our Savior. Yeah. He is our all in all. Amen. So the key issue is, do we have that saving yeah. relationship with Jesus? Mm -hmm. Amen. Because if we do, the judgment is good news. That yes. is true. Though I do have to ask because some people get really fearful and get intimidated, particularly when we ask the question, is your name written in the book of life? Hmm. Stephanie, hmm. if we were to ask you, is your name written in the book of life naturally in your own human strength, would that feel a little fearful? Or Rodney, would that feel a little fearful if I ask you? Yes, yes, yes indeed. And yet we don't need to be afraid. Why, John? Only by the blood of Jesus That's right. <laughs> would, would my name be written. By the blood of Jesus, mm. because God is merciful. And we're going to look a little bit at that mercy. The Apostle Paul wrote a little. Uh, Rodney made a, a reference to one of these verses. I'm going to ask uh, John if you could actually read um, the full verse of what Rodney made a reference to in Romans chapter 6, verse 23. And then I'm also going to ask Puya if you could read for us a second verse, also from the Apostle Paul, in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. We're talking about how God is merciful, but let's see how the Bible describes it, because we don't want to just say it for ourselves. We want the Bible to speak. So yes, uh, John, if you could read there the, the first verse there. Yep, and from the New King James Version, it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life hmm. in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. All right, and now Puya. If you could uh, add to that, what else does the Apostle Paul say in Ephesians? In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 to 10, uh, Paul wrote these words, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Amen. Amen. All right. So how is this good news? Because we read there in Revelation uh, 20, I think that was uh, Haiti that read that we're the dead are judged, you know, according to their works. And yet we get some additional insight here. Lalika, how is this good news? So as everybody ha had been, uh, have been saying, we get scary in front of uh, the judgment yeah. because of what we have done. The reason why the gospel should be preached to people is because they know what they have done, but they don't know what Jesus has done for them. Ah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You understand? So I am able 
only able to not fear the judgment when I'm confident through yeah. knowing what Jesus did for me, who he Amen. is mm -hmm. and what he is longing for, then I'm able to stand mm -hmm. at a judgment yes. confident that, whoa, and my Amen. name is written there. Beautiful. I'm <laughs> saved. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Yes, Travis, you, you, you have some thoughts here on this. You know, I like what Derek, when he mentioned the verse where it says that judgment has been committed to Jesus, uh, because, and, and I appreciate what one pastor said, he said that judgment is completely unfair because it's heavily skewed in our favor. <laughs> Amen. Judgment is heavily, heavily skewed in our favor. All right. Anyone else here? Gladys, uh, you had a thought? Basically, that, that, that Jesus, Jesus' sacrifice makes all the difference, you know, and, and the more that we feel that we should fear, and just like Elika said, that is, the, our sins should be the one, in what Jesus did for us, should be the one that propels us to tell others about Jesus, because we want to share the good news about the judgment with others, so they will have a saving relationship with Jesus as well. Amen. Mm. Booyah. So based, based on where, what we just read from Paul, it is clear that uh, the judgment will be based on the, the, the works too. But it is clear that we are not saved by our good work. So the purpose of the need for uh, uh, the, the good works in the life of the people would be the evidence of having that saving relationship with Jesus. So the good works doesn't save us, but the good works shows in the judgment whose side are we on and in and on another perspective jason i am glad that there is a written record in heaven because there's so many evils that have been done to the children of god and people in general in this world and so many people go unpunished uh, so many injustices happen around the world so many so many killings you know my heart goes out to refugees around the world running away from their homes because of evil you know people who are burning their homes and chasing them away from their livelihood and and for a lot of people around the world who are suffering they're waiting for that justice to finally come and so in a sense justice is good news for the people who are suffering at the hand of evil people in the world and i'm glad that god has a good record of every act done to his children very well and that God will bring everything into judgment and God will be fair. Amen. Amen. So speaking of injustice, a fascinating mm. thing is that even those who are engaging in injustice may have an opportunity to return because we're going to look and I'm going to ask Gladys if you can actually go to an Old Testament prophet the, to the book Isaiah because uh, the people during Isaiah's time, what Puya just said there, talking about injustice, they were engaging in a lot of injustice, and yet God actually, uh, through the prophet Isaiah, puts out an interesting call to them and then gives a very fascinating description. And uh, Gladys, if you could read this for us in Isaiah, right at the very beginning, chapter 1, verses 16 through 18, because let's see, uh, even with all the unfairness and injustice and, and even with, you know, people should be getting what they deserve, God still puts out a call for mercy and repentance here in Isaiah. Yes, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, Isaiah chapter 1, verses 16 to 18, and he says, Wash yourselves and be clean. Get your sins out of my sight. 
give up your evil ways. Learn to do good, seek justice, help the oppressed, defend the cause of orphans, fight for the rights of widows. Come now, let's settle this, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them as mm. white as snow. Thank you, God. Mm. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them as white mm. as wool. Mm. Mm. All right. So apparently the people during the time of, of Isaiah, and you can read the record in Isaiah, you can read in 2 Kings, they were doing a lot of injustice. And yet, even there, God is still appealing to them to do what? What is he appealing them to do, Lalika? To come to him. To reason together. To reason it, together. It, it, it doesn't matter. You see, uh, nowadays, so many people are suffering from depression because of what they have mm -hmm. done. Mm. You know, we can all, uh, you know, agree with uh, the, the, the weight of our sin on us. David wrote about that. Yeah. And he, this verse is for us that Satan has been hunting with the things we have done in the past. Come, let us reason together. It doesn't matter that the, the weight of your sin, Jesus' sacrifice is able to cover it, to Amen. cleanse you, to purify. Amen. Amen. Gladys, I see you nodding your head there. Yeah, I like that, that, that he focuses on the oppressed, the orphans. And just like Puya was saying, you know, those are outward actions that the children of God are called to do not because those will help them to be saved, but because mm -hmm. they are saved and sharing the good news of that relationship with others, Amen. with God. Now, I do have to ask, because in verse 18, there's an interesting sort of color analogy, and apparently this is, mm -hmm. this is the Lord speaking. What is God saying here? Why does he have this, this color analogy? I see something about red and white. Uh, John, or uh, Gladys, uh, both of you, actually, I want to get thoughts from both of you. What is this color analogy going on? John first. This goes to show that uh, these were colors that were permanent. And I mean, if something is a scarlet, it is what it is. God is saying, though your sins be as scarlet, bring them to me. They shall be white as snow. Nothing is impossible for him. Well, Gladys. if you try to take blood out of a white cloth, that is the hardest thing. That's the hardest color to come out. So God is basically saying, it doesn't matter how difficult you think it is, how hard it is, I can take it out. I can clean it out for you. I can do it. The mercy of God. Now, I do have to ask, um, and this may be a bit of a vulnerable moment, but has anyone on the team ever been in a situation, maybe you weren't quite in David's position where you committed you know, murder and adultery, but maybe you had made some mistakes. Maybe you had done some, some problematic things in life and you were possibly under deserving of judgment and yet you were in desperate need of the mercy of God. Has anyone on the team ever been in a situation like that where you were in desperate need of the mercy of God? Has anyone been in a situation like that? John? You know, there are times in our Christian journey, not only that the point we accept Christ, but even after that, that we fall and sometimes we don't realize and so, you know, you're probably working or studying and God all of a sudden begins to convict you of something. And at that moment, I have to drop down what I'm doing and say, God, mm -hmm. forgive me for what I'm, for what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And so there are many moments in everyday life where I'm working or studying and God brings that conviction. And I have to claim his character of love and grace to forgive me. Amen. Nancy. The story, the conversion story of my grandfather comes to mind. 
Um, <laughs> he was he was from a very violent part of, of Colombia, mm -hmm. where we're from, and he was a musician, and he and his brother were invited to all the parties, and so they were at a party and they were playing music, and someone killed his brother. Mm. And so he vowed to take vengeance on this person. And so the mm. guy skipped town, he left town fleeing, and my grandfather went after him. And he continued to uh, go after him until they got to a city, Barranquilla, Colombia. And there he was walking down the street, <coughs> And he heard music. It turned out that it was a church where they had music going, and um, they were in the middle of an evangelistic series. And so he, he went in, attracted by the music, and he continued to go. And at the end of the series, my grandfather um, answered the call of God to um, give his life to Jesus. And so when the pastor called um, people to the front, my grandfather gave his gun to the pastor, oh, wow. and the pastor gave him a Bible in its place. Sometime later, my grandfather was walking through the streets in Barranquilla, Colombia, and he runs into the guy who had mm. killed his brother. Mm. And the guy dropped to his knees mm. and he said, please forgive me. And my grandfather said, I forgive you. Mm. Wow. My, I, I am a follower of Jesus. And so I forgive you. Stand up. And mm. so um, that's just evidence of what God can do in our lives. Um, he was about to kill him, but he, he's, he stopped. <laughs> um, Jesus changed his life. Praise God. Wow, amen. Wow. The gun for the Bible. Gladys, and then we're <laughs> going to need to move on. You know, sometimes when you, when you get hurt by somebody or you feel like somebody owes you mm -hmm. uh, an apology, you tend to hold that against the person's head. Mm -hmm. And you don't realize how, how better you become. And God had been convicting me about my relationship with my sister, mm -hmm. that I needed to start speaking with her in kindness. Mm -hmm. And I did not realize how my animosity was affecting our relationship because I was doing it even without thinking. I felt she owed me an apology for some wrongs that she had done to me in the past. And I did not, I always say, oh, I love my sister. But in reality, God kept convinced, convicting me. Mm. You have to confess it wow. and you have to apologize. And it came to a point that it was so overwhelming mm. that I would wake up at three in the morning with these dreams that my, something had happened to my sister and I was mm. crying. Mm. And God said, you have to release it. Mm. And offer her the same thing that I have given you. Yeah. And it was not till I surrendered mm. that peace just reigned in my heart. Amen. And extending the grace that God gives you is not only for the benefit of the other person, but it's for mm. your own benefit. Yeah. Amen. We all want to know your relationship with your sister now. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it just changed our whole, not only our relationship as sisters, but spiritually as well. Um, because even though she said, oh yeah, she gets up and goes to the church and she, she preaches and she gives, it's like there was a barrier. She couldn't see Jesus in me wow. because of that animosity that I used oh. when I spoke with her. And God revealed that to me in so many ways that I just praise his name because his grace is sufficient. Amen. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that, Gladys. Uh, you see us on here and 
Uh, it may look, you might think like we're perfect, but we're humans too. We have some of our own struggles. This story is for you and is for me, my brother and my sister. Well, we need to continue on because let's see what we can see from the judgment. The prophet Daniel gives us some insights. And I'm going to ask Billy if you could read for us in the book of Daniel, if you could read chapter 7, read verses 9 and 10, and then verse 13, because there's some remarkable insights we can gauge about the judgment. We've talked about them, but let's see them from the Word of God now uh, that God gave to the prophet Daniel these insights about the judgment. Okay, and I'll be reading from the New International Version. Daniel 7, 9 and 10, it says, As I looked, thrones were set in place. In the Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was as white as snow. The hair of his head was white like wool. His throne was flaming with fire, and its wheels were all ablaze. A river of fire was flowing, coming out from, below, from before him. Thousands upon thousands attended him. Ten thousands times ten thousands stood before him. The court was seated, and the books were opened. Verse 13, In my vision at night I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. Okay, so we're here in the throne room of heaven. Daniel is getting a glimpse into the heavenly courts. And what do we see? Very quickly, just some quick insights that we see. John. We see thrones being put in place or set in place, and we see uh, there's these wheels. There's certainly there's action with angels that are attending to God. All right, there's action going on. And yes, John. We see God the Father, Jesus, and the angels interested uh, in the salvation of man. We also know that the Holy Spirit convicts people of judgment. Mm -hmm. So all of heaven is interested in the salvation of man. So heaven's mm -hmm. interested. Travis. Uh, Jason, what we're seeing is a courtroom being set up. Yeah. There's some things about to happen um, with the judgment. So basically what we're seeing in heaven is a courtroom established and set up and ready for judgment. All right. So we have a heavenly courtroom. Rodney? And the person that enters that courtroom. Verse 13. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. His title is a son of man. Mm -hmm. A term of endearment to all of us. Yes. Isn't that powerful? to know that the Son of Man, Jesus, is going to represent us. It's amazing. Amen. 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 So we've talked about the judgment. Some people have been a little intimidated, but then who shows up in the judgment? <laughs> One like the Son of Man, which we know is Jesus. Jesus shows up in the judgment, and he goes before God, the judge in this scene at the time, and then we're going to see what happens. What else happens in the judgment? And I'm going to ask Nancy... If you could read for us, continuing here in Daniel chapter 7, read the next verse, verse 14, and then 26 and 27. Let's see what actually happens in the judgment here in Daniel. All right, I'm reading from the New King James Version. Daniel 7, verse 14. Then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom, the one which shall not be destroyed. And then 26 and 27. Yes. But the court shall be seated, and they shall take away his dominion to consume and destroy it forever. 
then the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people, the saints of the Most High. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. All right. So what is the outcome of the judgment? What happens in the judgment? Rodney, what happens? Jesus wins. <laughs> Jesus wins. There we go. There's a nice summary of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Travis. Uh, Jason, do you mind if I read verse 22? Okay, sure. Go ahead. Daniel 7:22. Yeah. Yep. I would let And I'm reading from the New King James version. Until the Ancient of Days came, and a judgment was made in favor of the saints of the Most High, and the time came for the saints to possess the kingdom. Jesus wins, and we win. Jesus wins, and we win. Yes, because it says the saints of the Most High will get the kingdom, will get to reign with Jesus. And who are the saints of the Most High, Gladys? Those who are saved, those who have accepted Jesus and washed their cloth in the blood of the lamb the jesus people the that, that's <laughs> us if we accept jesus we're jesus people amen. we get to reign with god forever and ever amen. in his dominion and let's look because daniel is to be studied in conjunction with another book and that is the book of revelation and i'm going to ask john if you could take us because uh daniel's not the only one that got a glimpse of this heavenly scene it looks like the Apostle John did as well. So if you could read for us in Revelation chapter 4, read verses 1 through 4. And let's see here. Are Daniel and John seeing the same thing? Let's see. And let's see what lessons we can glean from this. Revelation uh, chapter 4, verses 1 through 4 from the New American Standard Bible. It says, After these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven, and the first voice which I had heard, like the sound of a trumpet speaking with me, said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after these things. Immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was standing in heaven, and one sitting on the throne. And he who was sitting was like a jasper stone, and a sardis in appearance, and there was a rainbow around the throne, like an emerald in appearance. Around the throne were twenty-four thrones, and upon the thrones I saw twenty-four elders sitting, clothed in white garments and golden crowns on their heads. All right. Does this look similar, Gladys? Yes. It is also a court scene. It's a court scene. All right. And we have the description. Where are we? Where is this court scene taking place? In heaven. Glad of yes. course. All right. So we have this court scene taking place in heaven. John. Well, we see one sitting on the throne, and we also see being surrounded, mm -hmm. in this case here, by 24 el uh, elders. All right, and we're going to get a little description of the one on the throne. I'm going to ask Travis if you could read for us, continuing here in Revelation chapter 4, if you could read verses 8 through 11, because we're going to see who is seated on the throne, and what do we get to learn about him? And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within. And they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. 
and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. All right, so we are clearly here at God's throne. And now in Revelation 5, we get an additional insight. And I'm going to ask Lalika if you could read that additional insight, Revelation chapter 5, verse 1. Something additional we have here. Um, Daniel referenced it, but we get more here in Revelation. I'll be reading from the New King James Version. And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside and on the back, sealed with seven seals. All right. So we have this scroll written. Mm. Interesting. And then... There's something kind of fascinating that happens with this scroll that uh, we're going to read about. John, I see you nodding your head. You want to actually read, continuing on here, Revelation chapter 5. Read verses 2 through 4. There's something interesting about this scroll. And the New King James says, Then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look at it. So I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. Mm. Okay. Uh-oh. So there's a problem because no one is worthy. But there is good news. There is someone who is worthy. Does someone want to tell me, Gladys, who is the only one that's worthy? Jesus, the Lamb of God who gave himself. It says in verse 5, says, But one of the 24 elders said to me, Stop weeping. Mm -hmm. Look. The lion of the tribe of Judah, the heir of David's throne, has won the victory. He is worthy to open the scroll and its seven seals. Jesus is the only one who has worthy. All right. And then I would like Billy uh, close us out here. Let's see how heaven reacts when we find out that Jesus is worthy. Read for us <laughs> Revelation chapter 5, verses 8 through 14. How does heaven react when we find out about the one who is worthy? All right, so I'll be reading from the NIV. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden boughs full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, because you were slain, and with your blood you purchased it. You, you purchased uh, for God persons from every tribe and, and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and, pre and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands, and ten thousands times ten, ten thousands. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice, they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Mm -hmm. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said, Amen, and the elders fell down and worshipped. Amen. Very quickly, someone, what are your thoughts as you see that? Gladys, what do you think? I see praise. I see honor. I see jubilation. Jubilation. 
Puya, very quickly, 10 seconds. Mm -hmm. I, I see Jesus being praised here for all that he has done to save humanity. Amen. 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 Jesus is being praised forever and ever. And I want to challenge you. Uh, maybe you've had some fearful thoughts of the judgment. Maybe you thought it was against you where God was there to condemn you. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide you so that he can open your mind to the truths we saw today, how the judgment is not against you, it's for you. It's in favor of the Jesus people because Jesus gets the kingdom and together we will reign with him forever and ever. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Jason. Thank you to each one of you for joining us for Hope Sabbath School today. I want to be part of that throng that says blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to, to the Lamb forever. What about you? You can, we can, by trusting Jesus. Our name written in that book of life, going to the judgment, resting in his mercy and grace. Amen. Would you like to make that decision today? Would you like to reaffirm that commitment to Jesus today? So that you can rejoice that we're living in the time of the judgment? Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for the revelation we have received today from your holy word. The good news about the judgment for those who belong to Jesus. Amen. And I thank you for those who even today have said, Jesus, will you be my savior? Mm. Will you write my name in the book of life? Yeah. I thank you for those who've made a recommitment to say, Jesus, thank you for saving me that I can face the judgment not just without fear, but with peace and joy. And may we be blessed as we share that with those around us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, thanks for joining us for Hope Sabbath School. What a series, three cosmic messages. Stay with us as we learn more from the book of Revelation and then take what you've heard and be a blessing to those around you.